Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now. Happy to be joined by somebody who I've, I've never actually met. I've handed a phone to and I've introduced multiple times, but Francesca Di Lorenzo Dilo joining us here, 24 years of age, out of Columbus, training out of Tampa, and unfortunately having to spend time in a hotel room right now with Noah Rubin. And I'm so very sorry for that. I've, I've done it before myself. It's a miserable experience, but thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's tough right now sitting next to Noah here, but we'll get through it, I think. Do you I mean, feel like a do you feel like a giant? Do you feel like you're I like I do. You know, yeah. I have that presence. I entered the room and I just right. automatically just towering over. Yeah, it's like over. six yeah. inches, yeah, taller. You the just feel it. You know. Yeah, just no, used I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Are you more bald than the last time we spoke? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably probably that is how it works, and fatter. So I'll just take care of that one for you too. I am definitely fatter. <laughs> so we start the week off. And obviously, she's giving me a face as soon as she sees me, immediately right off the bat. And that's just yeah. usually how it works. Yeah. But I actually didn't even know you were a native here mm-hmm. until yeah. you kind of looked me in the eyes and said, like, why the fuck are you not asking me for recommendations? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give you all the food recs, anything you need to know about Columbus. I'm from New Albany, which is actually 25 minutes away from campus. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I grew up. I was born in Pittsburgh, but moved to Columbus when I was uh, six years old. So um, know a decent amount about the city. Was and oh, go ahead. Was Ohio State always in the cars? Was that it? Like from day one, did you your know, parents always want it? Did you always want it? No, they were they were wanting me to go wherever 
Um, I was going to be happiest. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, But I I think it did help that I did, like, clinics when I was younger. I um, trained a little bit at Ohio State. Ty Tucker, the men's coach there, um, I worked a lot with when I was in juniors. Um, so that he had a big impact on my game. Um, but I was actually ultimately deciding between uh, UCLA and Ohio State, so one opposite um, to the other, and uh, chose Ohio State, and it was probably the best decision I had ever made. So It's, it's interesting really because, like, I, I, having been around the Big Ten myself at Illinois, like, Ohio State's been good on the women's side for a while, but hasn't ever been great. How did you factor that aspect in when UCLA does have maybe a little bit more of a pedigree, especially as you were so highly ranked as a recruit at the time? Yeah, absolutely. I I knew the girls that were coming in on the team. Um, I think they were, when I went in, they were juniors. So um, there were four girls um, that were, I think, um, like, uh, yeah, all juniors when I first came in as a freshman, and then two other girls that were sophomores. And so they really had a team that was getting better and that was on the rise. So that's something I took into consideration. Because you can look at the top schools, and that's great that they're number one in the country, but how many of them have girls that were number one in juniors, number two, number three, number four? They were already good. So, mm. yes, that's great that they have those girls. I mean, and nothing against them. That's unbelievable. They have great schools. You look at Florida, you looked at UNC, and they're awesome. But, like, the girls – were already good going in. So not to say that they're, the coaches' jobs are a little bit easier, but they're not necessarily developing the players. So what I was looking at is, like, what school has gone up? What coaches have really taken a player that maybe wasn't as good and that now they're, they're on the rise and they're getting better? And that was something um, that Ohio State had been doing. You know, you looked at their ranking. I think they were, at one point, they maybe were unranked. Then they were 60. Then they were 30. I think the year that I went in, the year before, actually, they, were, they finished maybe 20. So I, I knew they were going up, and I knew the girls were getting better. And that was something I wanted to be a part of was um, building a team, hopefully, and contributing to their success. That's an interesting point because, and and I now I want to have like a deep discussion about college tennis because what you just said is so overlooked. The idea of actual development, because I think a lot of college coaches, Delo, really focus so much on winning and mm-hmm. that need to win the the collegiate championships and and things along along those lines, but they don't look at what makes you a better tennis player in, say, five years, ten years. And that's really kind of overlooked by a lot of coaches, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of players kind of develop these bad habits because, I mean, I developed some bad habits myself, but that was more on me because I wanted to win so badly for my team. I was willing to do anything. If I needed to stand... 50 feet behind the baseline and just pop <laughs> balls up, I was going to do that. But yeah. if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking long-term, <laughs> we're on similar pages yeah. here with that. Um, if you're looking long-term, you know, is that the best thing for your game going forward in the pros? Like, that's not going to work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if you have a coach that's really looking after you and, and knows your goals, I mean, some girls, let's look at it, it's 95, if not more, percent of the girls in college are going to be done once their senior year is over. Um, So not a lot of them are wanting to continue on and playing pro tennis, which is okay. Um, But I think that's important for your coaches to know, like, where your goals are and where do you stand. Um, And that's something that, you know, I wanted to, of course, go beyond the college level, and um, I made aware to them. So it was nice because I think they had my best interest at heart, but just me being stubborn and stubborn-minded and wanting to win at all costs kind kind of hurt me. 
is it kind of the same on the men's than the women's side? You know, we knew that like the head coaches were like the managers, like the administrators, everything. But it was like the assistants is like what you look at for the real coaching aspect of it. It was kind of, kind of similar for the women's side. You know, it's funny you say that because I think they were like pretty even. They distributed it pretty well. Um, I mean, I worked a lot with Ty when I went there. That was one of the things that um, we spoke about. I was like, you know, I loved the women's coaches. I loved Melissa. I loved Adam there. Um, but Ty was my coach in juniors, and he was going to be a big part of my college experience. Well, and explain so, that part a little bit because Ty is like oversees both the men's and the women's, yeah, right? Yeah, so I think that helped definitely. I mean, how does that even – yeah. <laughs> so, like, he would, he would be able to take me um, out of practices. I mean, of course, getting the permission of the women's coaches and I'd be able to work with him and um, practice with the girls in the morning and the guys in the afternoon. So it was um, it was really cool. I was very fortunate. Um, and I had a great team behind me that wasn't, like, there wasn't really jealousy or anything like that, you know? Like, I got to do the some extra. I mean, so me hitting with him, and that that was an extra part as long as I participated in the women's practices. And Was college always the choice? Oh, yeah. College was most definitely the choice. There was never a thought pro before? No, was I wasn't. I wasn't ready. Um, and my parents valued uh, me getting an education. And uh, I mean, myself as well. Um, but I wasn't nearly um, even close to thinking about going pro before college. Um, I had just play, started playing ITF juniors like my senior year um, of high school. And I actually did well. I think I got to finish like 11 um for playing like about like a little over a year um yeah, 11 sucks yeah, no. <laughs> no, <I laughs> mean, for like five tournaments <laughs> no, no. um but i i mean it was it was cool because i got to experience a little bit what it would, what it would be like traveling i traveled a lot by myself um so traveling the world so that was um an eye-opener for sure but yeah i definitely needed that stepping stone um for sure but you were 11 in the world like, right, like, but you know, like, not, like, no, you could say what you want, but like you were 11 in the world. People definitely said like, hey, let's play pro tennis now, right? There had to be people that came up to you. No, you know, it's honestly like I had like don't, I, I had a lot of college offers, but like no one ever said like, I mean, I, I don't have an agent like still even now. Like I've never been spoken to, never been approached or anything like that. And I'm OK with it because I just feel like when the time's right and when I prove myself, then you know, things will come up and opportunities will arise. But um, I never had anybody um, come up to me or anything. I think, I mean, I went to like normal school. So I think that kept me, kept me a little bit grounded. My parents were not involved in the tennis at all. So it's not like they were reaching out or anything like that. So I, I just did my own thing. And, um, but no, I never really had like opportunities so to say. Just an awful 11 in the world. It's just like, ah, <laughs> the worst. I'll deal with it. College here I, I don't come. know if you know this. Noah won Wimbledon once. Yeah, I do know that. Would you play? Did you play yeah. Puck on the finals of that or something? No, no. We're not talking about this. Right? You... He he does. How do you turn me winning Wimbledon into a bad thing? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> Wait, I remember. Th- did you come through qualies in that or something? I did. Yeah. Thank you so much, D'Lo. How have you turned my winning a junior Grand Slam into it? Like, I actually don't talk about it now because of you. Wait, was it Kozlov right. in the yeah, finals? Kozlov. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You weren't planning really on going, impressive. were you, to school, and then you decided last minute? Um, I, I didn't really plan on going pro at that time. I really mm. didn't. I mean, I was six, not 11 in the world. So ah, I really wow. <laughs> yeah, it's this dude here, six. Um, 
Yeah, Go no, play on I, I want to school too. I mean, I my decision was strange. Wake at the time was like 33 in the country, yeah, so that yeah. was that was weird. But I had people speaking about. It. I'm cra- it's crazy. You didn't have one person say like, hey, maybe win a 60k and yeah, no, never, like never that. was on the not on the mind. Okay, no, yeah, <laughs> no, no, always just a little bit out of it, just always like you just said. A out. <laughs> so I I remember seeing you in college in, and. There are on the women's side, there have been two athletes who I said to myself, I don't want to run into this human being in a dark alley because they will beat my ass. <laughs> One of them was Georgia Rose, who played at Northwestern. Number two was you. Okay. When you were in the lines there, you looked like you just wanted to absolutely murder someone. I remember that vividly. And I'm wondering how you developed that mindset of just ferocity when you actually get out on court. Yeah, that's, um, that's funny you say and, that. And also, have you actually murdered anyone? <laughs> uh, that one, no, I haven't. But, you know, we don't know for the future. So right now, I just right. say no. Um, okay. But I think, honestly, um, my older sister played tennis as well. And we grew up um, competing against each other. And we... I mean, we're so competitive. We got to the point, actually, like, we would go to practices, but in different cars. Like, we couldn't even, like, speak. Wow. Yeah, if that tells you anything. Family. Family. A lot of love there, you know. Um, but, I mean, that really, like, kind of fired us up and um, got that competitiveness going in, like, every single point, do or die in practice. I mean, we had to be on different courts. It was – it was my mom just really had it – had it, her hands full with us. But I think that's where that competitiveness sparked and always just wanting to win. Um, so I think in, when I play those matches, it kind of like comes out whoever I'm playing. I just have that like desire to to win kind of in, in college really at all costs. And I think it was elevated even more because I had my teammates there next to me. So I was really going to do whatever it took. And on top of that, so again, this is an outsider's perspective, right? I've seen Ty Tucker for a long time yeah and frankly being at illinois as you know the illinois ohio state the men's rivalry specifically was intense for many years and frankly a lot of hatred because ty tucker comes in he doesn't look like the tennis coach right he's wearing his sweat he looks like he's a right he's like and he's got his paper right paper tucked in the pants right so he just it looks like like he's two inches too high yeah yeah. he should be on a football field somewhere right and so there was always that like resentment of it but one thing I always truly respected was he always had his players running ready to run through a a brick wall for him like there was always just that again intensity and I imagine that rubbed off as well for you yeah I mean just going to the practices I think also working with him a little bit um in high school as well I mean I knew his teaching style and um how intense he was with every single drill every ball Uh, one person makes a mistake everyone's on the line so you really learn to give every everything you got for every uh every drill um and those guys show it i mean you see them competing out there their butts off uh it starts with the practices i mean every single practice i saw him practicing today there um it's just so intense they give everything they got and he he i think that's something he does incredibly well he gets the most out of you 
um, whether you like it or not. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I always say, like, the Americans, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into when you go to Ohio State. But, like, I kind of sometimes feel bad for the foreigners because you're not necessarily, like, you haven't been around it. Maybe you haven't heard Ty's name. I mean, he's a legend in college tennis. So you don't really know. And then you get there and, you know, you're running side to side 30 shots in a row, which is um, – you would love this. This would be your, your dream, <laughs> running th- 30, 40 balls. I mean, give me more. I think that's what you'd be saying. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's the intensity is just unmatched. And um, I think putting in all that work kind of shows off on match day. How, how hard has that been, though, to actually translate to the pro level? Because it's one thing if you're doing two matches in a mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. It's another thing when you've got five matches in a week, though. Yeah. Um, you mean like uh, like playing more matches at the pro in, level? In terms of just the intensity level of just being so present match in match out when you have to do it five matches in a in a week 30 weeks a year versus twice a weekend well i think yeah it's different i mean the level's different there's so many different aspects now i mean you're you're by yourself so the intensity i still think is the same but um you're now just so much more on your own so it's like if you don't really want to show up, like no one's, you're not going to get punished for that. In college, you would, you know, you would sit out, you wouldn't play a match, so to say, if you didn't show up. Like now it's your job. So like, that's what you do for a living. So if I, if I didn't give my best effort, that's on me. I mean, that's only hurting myself. Um, Like I pay my coaches, like my coaches aren't employed by a university now. So everything is, it's a little bit different. Um, But so it's, yeah, I mean, I bring the, you got to bring the intensity every day as a player and, pretty much every aspect it's not really on the court anymore it's mentally off the court taking time to do the stretching like the little things nutrition um making sure like every little thing is right and in college you it's all done for you you don't really think about that stuff so it's definitely a wake-up call i think um when you leave school or at least it was for me um you know my flight's not booked immediately like i'm doing that you know like i'm like oh i'm showing up and i don't have a hotel room uh so you know learning a lot of things um but it, it takes some time but i think i've gotten pretty used to it i mean i didn't even go to ohio state i'm scared of ty tucker like, i would just have <laughs> yes. that in my head and just like it would intimidate the shit out of me you don't we, run for one drop shot you're done everybody on the line i mean we got yeah. here the, the first day because we practiced a new facility and it was a mixed practice and he was choked up on the racket feeding <laughs> volley overhead over and over and uh, over and just screaming on every time he does it i'm just like Oh my! I'm shaking right yeah. now for these guys. Like I'm not scared. I remember about those drills. People. I remember those drills. The little volley coming yeah. up high. Yeah, if you miss it, you know you're done. Next, next, next. You just get nexted. That's what we say. We're nexted to the back of the line. You miss one ball, you're done. But, but professional tennis for you, how has it been? Like, is it enjoyable? What are the things you're taking out of it in the first few years? And is it anything like you imagined? Um, definitely the transition was, was really difficult. Cause I think you go from playing college tennis where it was probably the same for you. Um, I lost maybe, I think my sophomore year, like two matches throughout the year. And then you're going to losing every single week. And that's something for me is, you know, I'd rather chop my arm off than lose, you know, and the saying that I hate to lose more than, lo- than I love to win. It's, it's so true. Um, so I found that really, really difficult. Um, and also to have that short-term memory loss, um, you know, just be like, okay, mm-hmm. like that was that week. Maybe you played a crap match. Okay, next week, let's move on. 
Um, so that, that's probably been the biggest adjustment for me is that not to get too down on myself and too disappointed because it's a sport that constantly tells you, at least professionally, that like, you're not good enough. You're losing every single week and, and it's tough to knock it down on yourself. You know, if you're not like an already extremely optimistic person, um, and it's just like, you're trying to be perfect in a sport that you're, it's impossible to reach perfection. Like no one's ever going to be perfect and you're going to maybe play, I think what, like four perfect so to say or something that you would consider great matches a year maybe um so you're never really satisfied and it's a tough thing to like it's a tough concept to really understand especially going from college where you get all this confidence winning matches if you want to if you need confidence you i can go play like maybe like a local or like a a d a lower d1 team and, and grab some confidence here now like Playing a 25k first round is extremely difficult. There is no, there is no confidence building the confidence. So um, that's probably it's it's really difficult for me. So um, I'd be lying if I said it was um, by any means easy. I think it's extremely challenging, and I strongly consider everybody that wants to play professional tennis like you really, really have to have a love and passion for don't. this sport. Yeah, don't <laughs> just don't don't. But I mean. If there's even a question in your mind whether you want to play, like I would urge you to at least stay in college longer or reconsider because it is, and not not to sound negative, but just as like a, a warning, it is is extremely challenging. You know, you're going through these obstacles every single week, and and you start to question yourself at some point. So um, the sport professionally. Um, is really difficult, and you kind of got to lean on um, the people that have been in your corner. And if you're lucky enough, I've had some um, people in my corner that have stood by me through the difficult moments. You know, this year has been definitely tough for me. Um, so it's just kind of working through it and seeing that, okay, you know, I'll keep putting in work in every single day. Um, it'll pay off at some point. But then I think it, that it's, itself, it will pay off when people say it'll come. You know, that's kind of a platitude. Will it come? You know, you don't know. You know, yeah. hard work pays off. It's, it's a little bit cliche because it's not guaranteed. You know, that's what I learned. T- tennis owes no one anything. You know, we, just because you put in work doesn't mean it's going to pay off. Does it give you a better chance? Yes. But, you know, there's a lot of people that work extremely hard at their jobs and everything, not just in tennis. And it doesn't guarantee success. So um, I think that's a little bit scary, but that's just kind of like every other job. Do you have like a snapping button to do after that? I felt like I just had a monologue. <laughs> no. I got pumped up. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I do have applause. Yeah. Um, but so, and I want to kind of go into that a little bit because I, you know, looking at your results, you, you hit your career high right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, you know, with what you just said in mind, if, if you feel like you've changed a lot over this last year and a half in terms of how you view things, because you seem to be on that, that path up wild card into Indian Wells last mm-hmm. year, everything seemed right then it's not. Let's and I'm wondering how much that. Yes, yes, Let's yes. Relive all that of it. right now. <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering yeah. how much that that played into the last year for you mm-hmm. and how you're kind of coping with that now to kind of get back into that good mindset that you talk about. Yeah, well actually um before the um before COVID hit, um before Indian Wells was canceled, I was kind of struggling um a little bit mentally. I wasn't necessarily like enjoying it, enjoying being out on the road. Um, really, I would, to be honest, like mentally in every single match. Um, so I kind of felt a little bit of relief when um, the pandemic mm. hit and we had this time off. I was like, okay, like I can reassess, you know, I'll have a little bit of time off. 
Um, and I don't know if it hurt me, but I didn't really necessarily take that much time off. I mean, I was still hitting a couple times a week, which may not seem like much, which it, it really isn't in the big scheme of things. But still, like I never took a period of time when I could have easily taken some time. Um, and so, I mean... I think it was also difficult because you didn't know when we were going to start back up playing. So it's like right. you kind of want to be on your toes. You want to be ready. Um, so, yeah, I never really took a little bit of a break. Um, so when I was coming back, um, once the tournament started back up, and I never really worked with a sports psychologist. So I started wanna, I, I wanted to start uh, working with someone that could maybe help me more on the mental side and understand, like, why a little bit of this love for the game was lost. Um and so I started working with a sports psychologist, and I think that helped a little bit. Um, but I think the biggest change I, I made was uh, in about like January, February this year, I um, stopped working with my coach that I've been work that who um, developed me since I was ten years old. She was my first coach, and um, that was a huge transition because um, I've been working with her for what like thirteen years at the time. Yeah. Um. So th- that's really difficult, and I don't think you see a lot of players out on tour that have worked with someone for that long. Um, so that was a huge change for me, um, and I'm now working with um, a couple other coaches in Tampa, Florida, and I think I just redeveloped a little bit more of that love. Like, I just needed a change at some point, and absolutely nothing against her. She helped me so much um, and really developed my game to the point where it was, um, but I think at some point um, it needed something fresh, and I'm not very good with change, so that was a really difficult um, thing for me to actually go on and do, and I think it's probably for the best for both of us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough to get out of this cycle sometimes and really understand like why you're not like enjoying what you're doing. Like maybe as where before, like you would live and die for it. Um, and I mean, I think that's just how we grow, you know, things, some things change. And I think I realized that maybe I don't absolutely love the sport as I did when I was 10 years old. I still deep down have a love for this sport. Um, but it's just, it's just changed. And I think that's okay. As long as like, I'm honest with myself and I understand that, um, and where I'm at, but, uh, it's difficult. I mean, like we were talking about before tennis comes with a lot of challenges and, uh, you know, and that's, that's saying it nicely. That's put, yeah, it's putting it nicely. Um, but, um, and it's tough to get out of these like slumps or when you don't have like a lot of confidence and, um, and I'm still trying. Um, we spoke New Haven 2019. That yeah, was like a few yeah, months yeah. before the pandemic. And yeah. we were both kind of in this limbo phase and we were like talking about everything. Yes. Where to live, coach, everything. You name yeah. it about tennis. And we're just like, it's a lot. It's just yeah, a lot. It's just a it lot. It really of shit. is. And it's like, we're the only sport that like, we're managing everything. I mean, maybe you have an agent and everything like that, but it's not a team sport. You know, there's few other sports that do that, but like we make the final call on all the decisions and it's like, is it the right one? I don't, you don't really know. You can't really know until you jump into it. Um, so it's, it's difficult. And then of course, like financially, you have to take that into account. I mean, there's a lot of things to worry about um and it becomes a little bit overwhelming at times and sometimes you need to take a step back and um you know look at it from the outside and maybe taking the advice of a couple people that you trust um but it's sometimes it's it's nice to talk with someone that at least like understands it and can give shit back and forth with too but you know (laughs) that's what i'm here for (laughs) yeah that's what we all think about when we think about noah is just rational thinking about those kind of things yeah Yeah, negative outlook on tennis here i am he's gonna be brutally honest we know that (laughs) 
Do you do you think you will adjust your scheduling in the future now that you kind of have that understanding of maybe I'll take an extra week or two, try to budget a week or two more for yourself um, as opposed to playing 35 weeks? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that would be the mature thing to do. I mean, sometimes... I, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but to understand, like, okay, like, maybe I'm not feeling my best this week. Maybe I need to, like, take the week off. Maybe I, uh, I've been doing that a little bit more recently. I'm like, okay, like, I need to get a couple good practice weeks in, even if that means I'm going to sacrifice this tournament or I really want to, you know, I should go to Europe because it will make sense to do three weeks there instead of just going for two weeks. Like, no, if that doesn't work and if I'm not in the my, right mind frame, then there's no point of even going. You know, I'm not going to waste the money. I'm not going to waste my coach's time. Like, and that's just something I'm trying to get better at is, like, communicating with my coaches when I'm feeling in a certain way or, or how I'm feeling about going somewhere a certain tournament and even with my sports psych um and that's just something that i'm trying to build on but absolutely like in in the future i would um plan accordingly so what are the next steps now well that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't i like to know Uh, (laughs) um i mean i'm next week i'm gonna play the 60k in um, berkeley california and then from there it's a little bit up in the air um I, I'm a little bit out of Indian Wells right now, which actually I was looking at the cut. Someone was telling me the cut for men's is like 220 for qualities. I don't know Indian Wells. And have you heard of it? Tournament? Yeah, it's it's out in. Um, are they Wal- are they really not giving you a wild card despite giving you no, one? Or have, oh, you're talking. Oh, no, the no, person no, no you're not getting shit. Like, ever. You're talking <laughs> to the person that people actually like. Nah, <laughs> I think I'm I'm probably far down on the list. Even though, yeah, that that. Last year would have been nice had we played that tournament. I was like, does that roll over? Like, I know we're in a different well, year. You and, talk to Pasha. And, yeah, it's a <laughs> new t- – <laughs> it's in the fall. But, like, I was supposed to get a main draw one. I'll just take a qualies at this point. We'll just give well, – I right. won't even so complain. So main draw last I was year. getting a main draw one. And you're not one. getting even a qualies? No, I don't think so. I mean, I get it. Like, you got to – like, there's a lot of younger players. You know, you got to constantly prove yourself. Uh, um, I, this should be some rollover minutes. I mean, they're, they're going to give like, two yeah. to – for Fernandez and Raducanu take away two of the wild cards right there. Yeah, yeah so. but they're taking main, so I'll, yeah, I, mean, I just want qualities. Yeah. I'm right. not going to complain. Right, so that's what I'm saying. You yeah. qualifying, that's totally fine. Yeah, I just want to, like, step foot on the court. Like, if I can just, like, be there, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm super grateful, so I won't complain. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, I would love to play that. But if not, I think there's um, a couple other challengers maybe – um, out on the West Coast, I think um, a couple more in California after that. And then um, I think I'll, to finish out the year, I'll be in the U.S. Um, yeah, they, even though they did add some, like, 250s in Europe. But honestly, I think, like I'm going to say, like, I want to get matches. But like we were speaking about before, a 25K or even a 60K doesn't guarantee you one match. <laughs> um, so really, uh, I don't know. But uh, I'm probably going to stick with, like, that Challenger uh, U.S. schedule. As of now, it seems it seems like you've got a decent group around you, though, down in Tampa in terms of just uh, players that seem to like I know Dom, Dominic Kupfer is down yeah, there. Yeah, good friends a with bit. Dom. Talked to him a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are hilarious. you working with Renee? Yeah, I'm working with Renee Muller. Um, yeah, and then also okay. um, Thomas Greenberg. So they work together. Um, so when one okay. can't travel with me, like, for example, Thomas was here this week with me. 
um, and then maybe Renee will finish out um, the year with me. He was actually with me for like the six weeks in Europe, and I think he was just like, enough of that. I never want to travel with her again. <laughs> so he hasn't been with me back on the road since. Um, and was, Has he, he forced keep, you to go fishing yet? Not yet, but you know what's nice? I get the perks of it because he gives me the fish to if, to, oh, he fillets it out for me. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So, and I see all the pictures. I'm like, don't try to lie to me and tell me that you didn't right. catch anything. Like, he's good <laughs> right. friends with Dom's coach, uh, Ryan Williams. So they right. always right. go together. I'm sure you see. They yeah. own a boat together. They do. They share a boat. So they just get, I'll be like, Renee, practice Saturday. Saturday. He's like, nope, I'm out on the water. Sorry. So <laughs> Saturday or Sunday is his like fishing days, which I totally understand. That's fine. Um, what's what's really crazy about this too is because uh, I had a talk with Ryan in Cincinnati and apparently uh, you you would know this better but uh, apparently in the Tampa Bay area like there's a big fish tide. kill like right yeah so all of the fish in the bay itself are all dead right they're yeah. all gone that's yeah. so no, they, it's, that's what that's how it's the easy. yeah that's the, that's the one so, fish. <laughs> no they have to wow yeah. they have to they have to drive for like an hour get on the boat for an hour before there's even a fish yeah no, it's even they, i mean they were is psycho he goes at like four in the morning no. and stays for like 14 well hours. they have to they have to go an hour and a half before there's a, a fish it's to catch i thought he was like chilling with the beer he's like no i'm like hydrating i'm taking like pre-workout he's they like, had those, yes. like they're like masks they're, they're hoods on so they don't get right? sunburned oh you know God. they have everything i mean renee's doesn't go like ryan does ryan goes like a lot but yes. um i mean they're both like big fans i guess it's just some type of like thrill when you catch a yeah fish it must, fish. I, it must I, I don't understand but um, right, if if Ryan took his tennis as seriously sir. as he takes his fishing right? now, like he got to like one twenty, but he would have been like top thirty, he no was doubt. Good, huh? and I see him hit yeah. with Dom. Oh, he still like tunes up, but he would still yeah. put up half the challenger. Dom and him do yes. that slice game all the time. I see him practicing, yes. and he like still yes. grinds Dom down. Like it's funny. But no, twelve hours on the boat. I thought fish came from the supermarket. I didn't no, I mean you should. It, that stuff that's really fresh. I I I get to have yes. some that they'll catch. Uh, what are they catching? Like sometimes it's like um, grouper. Usually I'll get that. Yep. Like I want to say how they'll get red snapper. Snapper, snapper. Saying yup, like you have any idea. <laughs> I, I have conversations snapper. with Ryan Williams a on a regular snapper. basis. If you fish and then catch a fish and don't take a picture of the fish that you caught, did you, you ever catch, catch a the fish? fish. That's true. Yeah, because I eat it. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. Uh, obviously, look at me. I myself have actually um, been fishing and caught a fish as well. Congratulations! I'm part Congrats. of the uh, group. Yes, um, oh, yeah, that's, that's it was a, a pretty big deal. Like it was a, actually, it was actually a rare a, fish. Um, it's the one, the striped one. Ryan's gonna get so pissed. Uh, is it I, called like the striped bass or something? No, was it no. a striper? No, no, it wasn't a striper. Okay. Oh, no I know the name striper. of this. Um, there is stripers are a thing. No, it wasn't the striper. It was. Uh, I'm glad a lot. It was very unique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very unique. Um, but anyways, huge accomplishment. Not a lot of people catch them, so I have some game as well. Yeah, thank you, thank that's, you so much. Amazing. So, um, it's all right. Awesome. So, what is I'm, I'm what is your thing though? What is your thing that you do just for fun when you are not dealing with fishing or tennis? And that's a good question as well. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> you know, right now I'm actually doing school. Um, so that's been mm. my thing, unfortunately. Um, still at Ohio State? Still at Ohio State. So, right, so um, Sports management, so okay. nothing, nothing too difficult. Uh, but, okay. um, but it's Ohio State, so it's fine. Hey, hey, hey now, hey now. <laughs> We value our academics very yeah, highly. We don't, as yeah. Cardell Jones said, we don't come here to play school. 
Okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> well aware of that quote. Was going to bring it up if you didn't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm actually going to get my degree finally, I think maybe like seven years later, um, this December. So um, I even said maybe I'll show up and walk. Like, I'm going to take pictures. People you need should. to know. Uh, it's, taken, <laughs> it's taken me a long time. So um, it, it's been a battle. It's been a grind. But I... I took four classes this semester wow um i took and so now i just have two classes left that i'm currently taking um which are a little bit difficult to finish out the year but yeah I, um i hope so i say i'm gonna graduate um so hopefully i will get that <laughs> diploma <laughs> um but i i'm gonna wear i think i got those like tassels too like honors oh, yeah yeah i yeah, know we uh, i value my education yeah. here i worked hard for that Same. so yeah you too right you're yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're employed you're employed you're, <laughs> not employed. you're yeah, um my you're taking classes as well weeks a week, yeah. oh, okay okay yeah, cool yeah, yeah I, so wake forest is coming up we'll do it at the same time yeah. mm-hmm. i'll be in december you'll okay. be okay cool december yeah absolutely the, december what mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. what Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, you don't celebrate that. You don't believe in it. It's fine. Uh, Dilo, just just remember as we, we let you go today so that you don't have to spend any more time, I mean, that close to, to Noah, but just remember you have one accomplishment that Noah will never have, and that is an NCAA title. Um, oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. He was this close. Wait, oh, against was what was it? Six, one, five, three in the finals. Oh no, oh no. Well, we so won't. just remember that okay. if you're ever feeling low. Of my tennis <laughs> and it's so miserable. I love it. Oh my gosh. My grandkids. I get it. Oh my god. I can't. But Wake Forest is now like they they yeah. I'm sorry. They won into. Sure. Oh, you're so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got the ring too, or did you get since uh, you're Bresky a part was of? Kind enough to give me the ACC ring uh, the year after. Because uh, okay. he said, oh, you really helped our program. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. tough about the NCAs, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a ring just in case. <laughs> Dilo, thank you so much. Um, and, and next time I won't just approach you with a phone to talk to Jamie Loeb. I'll actually say hello myself. Yes, please do. Please do. Well, thanks for having me. It was awesome. It was really fun. It's good stuff. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.